走啊！articles to cover today and uh, we are going to listen to some uh, uh, clips um, we've got a clip from the leader of the grassroots movement in Saskatchewan talking to um, the premier and MPs that are blatantly stomping all over uh, the rights of Canadians we also have an actual member of parliament that has come out and said enough uh, trying to segregate uh, unvaccinated Canadians and we've got our premier or our prime minister openly admitting that they are stomping all over the rights and freedoms of Canadians due to a loophole in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms so we're going to focus on uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and exactly what I think he's referencing which would be section 1 and I think it's time that Canadians try to close that gap um <clears throat> We've learned what they're, how they're exploiting our rights and all of that. So, but what we're going to do first is we are going to get to a News Punch article that um, was written on December 18th, 2021 by Sean Adel Tadabadi. And the title reads, Calls Mount for Official Investigation into Athletes Dropping Like Flies. Calls are mounting for an official investigation into the large number of athletes mysteriously collapsing with heart problems mid-game. Former England footballer Matt Letessier urged authorities to launch an investigation on Friday into the uh, spate of athletes collapsing with sudden heart problems, declaring he's not an anti-vaxxer, he just wants more information. Manchester United's Victor um, Lindelof, Napoli middlefielder uh, Pitor Zielinski, and Martin Terrier of French club Rennes were all recently forced to stop mid-game due to severe heart and breathing problems. It's been very concerning for me watching the, sports, the sport that I love and played for 17 years. In all that time I played, I've never once saw any footballer leave the pitch because of heart issues, Letessier told GB News. Now I'm sorry, but if anybody can look at what's happening now in the world of sport and say it's normal for all these people to be having heart issues in football matches, cricket matches, basketball matches, any sport you wish, these people, the amount of people that are suffering is going through the roof, he warned. 
Letessier says he is calling for an investigation with the caveat it might not be uh, to do with the vaccine. It may not be, but let's but let's have an investigation and find out. Even saying that deems you some sort of kind of uh, some sort excuse me some kind of anti-vaxer, which is absolutely disgusting," said Letessier, referring to the treatment of people who dare raise the issue. I just want some information. I want people to take a look at what's happening in football, soccer we call it in North America, get it straight, <laughs> have a proper investigation and give some of us, give some answers as to why so many sports people are suffering with heart issues. It's not difficult, he concluded. Got to agree with him there. During a viral podcast with Joe Rogan, which was subsequently censored by YouTube, Dr. Peter McCulloch warned that soccer players collapsing could be linked to vaccine-induced myocarditis. McCulloch warned that myocarditis has become at least 50% more common than predicted by U.S. public health experts. However, other health experts have insisted that high-profile football players suddenly collapsing with heart problems in the middle of the game is just a coincidence. Oh, please. According to a report by Dr. Yaffa Shiraz, there has been a five-fold increase in sudden cardiac uh, cardiac deaths of FIFA players in 2021. As we previously highlighted, one ex-pro dared to suggest a connection to vaccines during a live radio broadcast, and he was censored in real time. Ah, so there you go, my friends. Um, and there's no, there isn't a person on the planet that hasn't actually seen this happening, um, from college sports uh, to every major, major, basically sport there is. Uh, you're starting to see this. And uh, good on them for starting to speak up and say, hey, like, and it's, and it's really weird that you're seeing it in soccer or football, as, as the Europeans call it. Um, it's, it's very, like, very common, like, almost too common in them. Now, these are the, when you think of soccer, when you think of the size of the field and you think of the amount of running, like, these guys are the most physically fit guys, probably of, out of all the sports. When you really start looking at the sport, like, I mean, these guys are running for 60 minutes and sometimes sprinting the whole time. Like, these guys are in great shape. So how come it's affecting these people first, these guys first? Like, these guys should, should not be the ones having heart problems. And it kind of goes, you know, like, you, you did hear them mention myocarditis. And what, have we, what, have we learned, what did we learn on the last show from uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch that uh, basically the diagnosis or the... Um, what they tell people with myocarditis or, or heart inflammation of any kind, what do they tell them for physical activity? Minimal as possible for a minimum of six months if you even recover from it. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, doctor, I listened to the whole Joe Rogan interview, and I hope a lot of you did too. Um, you know, he basically said that he, it's not good odds. If you if you get diagnosed with myocarditis, it's not good odds. Like it could be life altering for you for forever, and it could ki- potentially kill you. I thought it was higher than what he had said that um, he had mentioned that it was thirteen percent never do recover. So there is a higher recovery rate than what I had initially thought, but <clears throat> I think it's something like thirty two percent. It alters their life for forever. So. You know, when you start thinking about it, you know, that's getting into the 40s. You're almost 50%. You got about a 50% chance um, of recovering from this. That's not good odds. Not good, good odds at all. And how many people are walking around with light 
or almost unnoticeable myocard- myocarditis symptoms like this. Like, let's, let's just talk about these soccer players that are falling over dead. These guys probably had no idea. You know, they go into a game, they, felt, they feel fine. And all of a sudden, you know, mid-game, 30 minutes into a game, they're falling over dead <clears throat> because of the strenuous physical activity. So it all links together when you start, you know, when you start, uh, you know, connecting the dots here. It, it's, it's seeming like there's a widespread, probably myocarditis amongst a lot of people that we don't even know about. And a lot of these people, and just think about it, the, the fact that it's the, the uh, you know, the most in-shape guys suffering the most f- first. Well, what happens if this goes undiagnosed in people for years, and then they go out to, sh- or not even years, let's say six, seven, eight, nine, a month, months, a year, they go out to, they get a dump of snow, a uh, three feet in Canada or whatever, and they go out to shovel their driveway, and that's where it, it, it happens. Like, it'll never be linked to any, you know, in, in everyday life, there's always going to be an excuse. It'll just be, well, oh, you know, if you're 30 or higher, well, oh, yeah, there you go, there's a heart attack. It won't be until you start seeing big numbers of it happening that, that people start saying, hey, there's, there's an actually an issue here. So in a roundabout way, not that you want you wish this upon anybody, but in a roundabout way, in the fact that it's happening in one of the, if not the biggest sport in the world, when you think of the rest of the world watches soccer, we in North America are kind of our, we've got our own little niche sports, but um, it's it's almost a blessing. It, it really is because it's getting the world's attention. So now you you have to start looking at what do they have, all have in common? Well, they're all double vaccinated. And there's ten. It's appearing like there are underlying ha- heart problems with these guys. So it's scary, you know. And and think about it. Like think about all your friends and family that have two shots and they they haven't had a lick of problems. They seem fine. Then they go out to shovel, you know, a couple feet of snow off their driveway, and the next thing you know, you're getting a call. Hey, so and so just had a heart attack. They're, they they passed. You know, it's scary. It's scary when you start thinking about it. You start putting it into context. Anyway, my friends, let's get this show started. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, 
and freedom with all thy sons. Command. my friends welcome back we are just going to jump into the next article that comes to us by way of the gateway pundit and this was published december 20th 2021 by christina Le- uh, Layla. and the title reads dr fauci says millions of americans refusing to get experimental covid vaccine is unacceptable dr fauci on monday discussed the omicron variant at home te- at home testing and the tens of millions of Americans who are not vaccinated against COVID. Fauci blasted the unvaxxed and said it's unacceptable that millions of Americans are refusing to get jabbed. According to King Fauci, Americans are not allowed to have a, p- a political opinion and Americans cannot make their own medical decisions. You have a highly effective vaccine that is very safe and you have 50 million people in the country who refuse to get vaccinated many of which are motivated purely by differences in political ideology, which is really unacceptable, Fauci said. (laughs) Jesus. Last week, Fauci was discussing how to deal with the unvaxxed during an appearance on MSNBC and said sometimes you got to do things that are unpopular that supersede individual choices. MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell asked Fauci if officials should back off from mandating vaccines after a federal court imposed an injunction on Biden's vax mandate for federal contractors. I would prefer, and we all would prefer, that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular, but that clearly supersedes individual choices for the uh, communal good, says Fauci. Now... Very interesting that um, science it's himself, you know, real, uh, you guys remember Dr. Fauci claiming he is science, is uh, almost echoing some of the same rhetoric we're hearing from our prime minister. So these guys are, are you know, without, with, with, with lack of a better term, are walking in lockstep. Jeez, where did that come from, right? Rockefeller lockstep plan? It's funny that you're seeing this, you know, this cross-border, uh, basically, same rhetoric coming out of different people in different positions, and uh, you, you you just can't help but kind of giggle at the fact that they're not even hiding the fact that they're globalists anymore. Let's listen to Dr. Fauci. But if I were to pick out one thing that we as a nation are not doing optimally, it's the extraordinary situation where you have a highly effective vaccine that is very safe and you have 50 million people in the country who refuse to get vaccinated, many of which are motivated purely by differences in political ideology, which is really unacceptable when you're in the middle of a deadly outbreak. If there ever was a time when you wanted the nation to focus on fighting the common enemy and the common enemy is the virus, not ourselves. It is really extraordinary that we are having interference with public health principles for reasons that have nothing to do with public health. 
Oh boy, highly effective vaccine that's very safe. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, people are having to go get boosters because their vaccines are doing absolutely jack shit when it comes to Delta and Omicron. And Omicron, my God, it's the common cold, my friends. Like, we already know this. Like, this whole this whole fourth wave that they're trying to portray in the media and government, just, it, <clears throat> it doesn't even matter what side of the fence you're on, vaccinated or unvaccinated, you're just not biting. You're just not biting into this. <clears throat> now, let's uh let's move over to Trudeau because if you haven't seen this clip yet, it's going to piss you off. And 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 note the similarities of of you know the the what you hear from Fauci and and uh just an idiot. Regardless of the fact that we are attacking your fundamental rights or limiting your fundamental rights and the charter says that was wrong we're still going to go ahead and do with it. It's basically a loophole that allows a majority to override fundamental rights of a minority. I just, I, I hope people understand what he just admitted, what he, what he actually just said on the record and just admitted. Let's listen to that one more time. Regardless of the fact that we are attacking your fundamental rights or limiting your fundamental rights, and the Charter says that was wrong, we're still going to go ahead and do with it. It's basically a loophole that allows a majority to override fundamental rights of a minority. It's basically a loophole that allows a majority to undermine the fundamental rights of a minority. And then he opened by just flat out admitting that they are stripping your, your charter rights and freedoms. Now, before we get into section one, let's, let's think of the broad applications that this could be applied to. If we allow this to happen, my friends, they can, it allows the fundamental rights of a minority to be overrode by a majority. Well, that can you imagine if they apply that to absolutely every everything in life? Uh, it's always been minorities that have always changed. They've changed the way the world works. You cannot shut up minorities. You cannot wipe out minorities. You have to you have to listen to them because they see the world through a lens that. Most of us don't. And now a lot of us find ourselves in a minority situation. And for the first time ever, we've had to walk this walk. And it's good. It's, you know, it's actually good. You can actually relate to how um, minorities, in a, I guess in a way, have been treated throughout the, the entire history of the world. But the fact that you've got the Prime Minister of Canada openly admitting that they are going to stomp all over the rights of uh, of a minority in this situation, the unvaccinated, because the majority thinks that that needs to happen. Now he's speaking on behalf of people that I don't think would agree with him. I think the majority of Canadians would not be willing to do exactly what he's mentioning. Now keep in mind that this is all based on interpretation. This is all based on interpretation of section one. 
And I think you can interpret section one of the charter way differently than these people are. All right, let's focus on section one. Section one of the charter is the guarantee of rights and freedoms. Now, this is what they're loopholing here. And um, they're using to stomp all over the rest of the charter. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in its subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Now, what they're exploiting is this particular point right here. The rights and freedoms set out in its subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law. So that's the loophole that they're talking about right there. So they can basically amend the law and and pretty much do away with the entire charter because of that, that statement right there. But it's also interpretation. You can also interpret that as to such reasonable limits prescribed by law. Well, the law's already set. So if you're going to amend laws, well, then you're not following the law. As can be uh, demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Free and democratic society. Can be justified in a free and democratic society. Is that not not another loophole right there, my friends? That could actually stop these people from amending laws to stomp all over the rest of the charter? So do you get my point here? This is an interpretation argument. They are basically putting all their cards on the interpretation of section one. And if, if there are any actual really good, um, constitutional lawyers out there, and I, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, the fact that it's an interpretational argument that, that they're going to be using in courts means that it can be interpreted six, seven different ways. It doesn't have to be just the two or the, you know, the way they're doing it and the way I'm doing it. There can, every single person can interpret that, uh, that whole phrase differently. So when you have the ability to interpret exactly what was written in, in six ways to Sunday by every single different person, what is the reason for even arguing it? Strip it completely out of your arguments. Make it null and void in the court when you're fighting it. Is, is the only reasonable thing I can think of for any constitutional lawyer that's going to be facing these challenges in court. Now, I could be completely off kilter, but that would be my argument. I would say just due to the fact that this is an interpretation argument, and I see it completely different, I don't think we should argue the merits of section one at all. I think we should focus on the sections that deal directly with what we are talking about. So, but you can, you know, he just flat out told you where they're putting all their money. You know, they're going all in on section one. So, we have seen their hand. We've already seen their hand before the river. So, I'm really hoping people like Rocco Galani are paying attention to stuff like this because you know what they're banking on. And your only hope... Your only hope, because we do know that the Supreme Court in Canada, we now know for sure with their new, their latest decision on uh, people with HIV not having to disclose the fact that they're HIV positive to, to sexual partners as long as they wear a rubber, that decision is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. 
and that and it was a 9-0 vote in the Supreme Court of Canada. That tells you all you need to know in the Supreme Court of Canada. So the only hope you would have to argue this in the Supreme Court when they're making decisions like that is to make a such a valid argument, interpretation argument on section 1 that you get it completely stripped out of the rest of the case. That's the only way I think you're going to win a constitutional challenge in the Supreme Court, which is where a lot of these cases are headed. And the fact that you know what the enemy is doing and what they're putting all their money on gives you that edge. You know exactly where they're putting it. So I guess we'll see how this plays out. And I really hope, <clears throat> I really hope that what I'm suggesting would actually work. Now, I could be 100% wrong. Maybe you can't do it at all. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm not a lawyer. But when you... <laughs> When you see where, where they're going with it and what they're trying to do, you know, you've got to have some people with, with morality that, that actually can, can step in the way of this. And speaking of which, um, let's move into the next article because I got, I seen a very, uh, a very good opinion piece that kind of gets back to, you know, trying to bring more and more people to a cent, a centralized thought pattern where, we're not, we're not at each other. We're not trying to rip each other to shreds because, uh, you know, some of us believe in our own bodily autonomy. We will not be forced into, uh, injecting experimental substances into our body, uh, all over, all over a virus with a 99.98% survival rate. Like that's the part that still gets me throughout all of this. Like, you know, the, we know the wet market fucking um, theory that they, they tried to tell us is bullshit. I'm starting to think that the lab leak theory is complete bullshit too. What I think actually happened is they released it. So it makes you wonder, did they actually think it was going to be more lethal? They didn't really know. They released it and they, they basically hoped it was going to be more lethal. And it turned out that it wasn't. What's the other thing we, we know? Like the, life finds a way. So are they are they actually you know, were they banking on the fact that it was going to kill way more people and we were going to be scared shitless and we all just were going to be running for the vaccine? I don't know. I don't know. And now that their, their narrative is completely falling apart with Omicron because this is just a, a cold, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Are they going to, are they going to release something even more deadly? <clears throat> you know, you got, uh, you got them finding these vials of, what was it, anthrax? Anthrax or Ebola? <clears throat> I can't remember what it was. In, in Atlanta? In an old CDC fridge? You know, kind of giving you a prequel of, of <clears throat> what maybe is yet to come. Because they're just, they're just losing complete control of this. But anyway, <clears throat> back to the next article. <laughs> Getting on a tangent again here. Um, Newsweek came out with an opinion piece uh, basically titled Why I'm Pro-Vaccine but, anti-vac- uh, but Anti-Vaccine Mandate. This is by Ryan T. Anderson, uh, President and President Ethics and Public po- uh, Policy Center. This was written on December 21st, 2021. Last Thursday, the University of California fired my good friend and new colleague, Aaron Carity, for refusing vaccination. The next day, a federal circuit court allowed President Joe Biden's OSHA vaccine mandate to take effect throughout the United States, meaning many other citizens will soon be penalized, but we should not treat 
uh, conscientious objectors to this vaccine like this. Now, let's step out for a minute because we know that there's been uh, uh, Supreme Courts in, in the states that have actually blocked this OSHA mandate and it's actually running like wildfire throughout the U.S. now. Um, so this article might have been written before that, uh, that, that actually happened. Dr. Carity, a physician and psychiatrist, has taught and treated patients at the UC Irvine Hospital and Medical School for 15 years. He also directed the medical school bioethics program. When COVID hit, Dr. Carity helped the hospital develop ethics guidelines. He treated COVID patients throughout the pandemic, including when everyone was most concerned about the virus, virus's lethality. As a result, he caught the virus and developed natural immunity. When the vaccines became available earlier this year, Dr. Carity de de declined to be vaccinated, arguing that his natural immunity provided more pr protection. In his calculation, the added risks of a novel vaccine were not justified for his personal situation. Rather than respect his medical judgment, UC Irv Irvine fired him. Now he directs the bioethics program at the Research Institute I run, the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., Dr. Carity and I made different decisions about the COVID vaccination. I suffer from a chronic autoimmune disease and take immunosuppressant medications that increase the risk of upper respiratory infection. It made sense for me to get vaccinated. Notwithstanding the medical unknowns and the vaccine, vaccines linked to fetal cell lines originally procured from abort aborted children. I have argued that a pro-lifer can, in good conscience, receive the vaccine. But to say that people may do so isn't to say that they must or should be forced to do so. Nor should people who reach a different judgment be fired, banned from restaurants, or ostracized from polite society. I employ people with a, di with a diversity of views on the religious and moral acceptability of the vaccine and would never dream of forcing any of them to violate their consci uh, consciousnesses, consciousness on this. But the Biden administration, big business, and state governors think otherwise. To be sure, I am not saying that vaccination mandates are categorically wrong. Vaccination has the potential not only to protect your own health, but to protect others, and to advance the common good in a variety of ways. But support or opposition for the specific vaccine mandates uh, depends on specific facts. What is the risk of death or other serious harms with and without the vaccine? Who is most at risk? How much natural immunity already exists? And how long will the vaccine protection last? What are the vaccine side effects? Was the vaccine ethically produced? Are there other ways to reduce health risks? Are the mandates, are the mandates goals well-defined? Is the mandate lawful? Does it respect religious, moral, and medical conscientious objectors? How much social strife will result? One must weigh the cost and the benefits with the burden of proof on the party uh, trying to coerce the others. President Biden's OSHA mandates fails the test. It's illegal, implemented on behalf of the vaccine that is less than fully eff uh, effect effect effective and does not give adequate protection for conscientious object objectors. <clears throat> Three strikes. In short, it's unjust and it doesn't serve and respect all the demands of the multifaceted common, common good. The president and OSHA lack the constitutional or statutory authority to issue this vaccine mandate. As the White House admitted, 
The goal of the mandates is not workplace safety, but to render being unvaccinated so burdensome that those who haven't received shots will have little choice other than to get them. COVID is a serious virus that has killed millions worldwide. It is impossible to deny. deny. Uh, It is, actually. Uh, I was listening to the Joe Rogan interview of uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch today again, where he stated that basically 97% of all the COVID deaths, we're starting to learn that 97% of all the COVID deaths were all, all had underlying health condition or comorbidities. So was it COVID that actually killed 97% or was it something else? Anyway, as you've kind of probably noted by now, this, this, um, piece is written by a pro vaccine person. So let's just roll with it. You know, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but today we have much better therapeutics to treat COVID and minimize hospitalization and death than we had earlier in the pandemic. And since COVID's worst impact falls overwhelmingly on the elderly, elderly and those who with serious health conditions, we can identify and protect the most vulnerable without coercing conscientious objectors to the vaccine. As the CDC itself has admitted, the vaccines do not entirely prevent infection or, more important, transmission. Against infection with the Omicron variant, full vaccination is only 33% effective. While the vaccines reduce hospitalizations and death, they are not the silver bullet Dr. Fauci and others long held them out to be. And the vaccines have sometimes had serious side effects. These concerns cannot be dismissed as misinformation when the data comes uh, comes from the federal government's own vaccine advance, uh, vaccine adverse re- events reporting system, or VAERS. Knowing who experiences which adverse effects and how often these effects transpire is crucial for informed personal decisions about vaccination. <clears throat> Yet while the president is mandating vaccination, the FDA is refusing to release the safety data used in approving Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine. Suggesting in response to Dr. uh, Carity's FOIA request that the public should not see the data until 2076. This lack of transparency, especially in conjunction with the federal mandate, is simply unconscionable. To add insult to injury, before OSHA issued its vaccine mandate on, on a third of American workforce, it lifted a requirement that employers track and report adverse health consequences of vaccination for their employees. It is inexplicable that the federal agency charged with tracking workplace health and safety incidents would simultaneously impose a vaccine mandate and eliminate a requirement to track the adverse consequences of the vaccine. Federal law allows private employers to impose their own vaccine mandates, but all mandates must respect federal civil, uh, civil rights laws. The Americans with Disabilities Act and the Title uh, <clears throat> 7 of the Civil Rights Act require workplace policies to make reasonable accommodations for disability and religion. And employers generally cannot discriminate by providing exemptions for certain preferred secular reasons while denying the same accommodation on the protected basis of disability or religion. While these laws do not protect medical or conscient or conscious objections more broadly, justice still requires us to accommodate these concerns to the extent we can. Dr. Carity argues that, for his own situation, his natural immunity is superior to the protection afforded by the vaccines. Others object to the vaccine's risks or experimental nature, 
and uh, still others to their link to aborted fetal cell lines uh, linings. We can fight COVID together without penalizing the people holding these various convictions. Dr. Carity, for example, could have continued teaching students and treating his uh, psychiatry patients over Zoom while wearing an N95 mask. If that worked well, and it did before the vaccines existed and before UC Irvine imposed its mandate, why not now? We can protect the most vulnerable without forcing the vaccine on those who conscientiously object. We can be both pro-vaccine and, and, and anti-vaccine mandate. So there you go. Just a very, very good piece by a pro-vax person. You know, like, you know, I, I can object to a few things he said in there, but honestly, he's, uh, he's a level, level-headed individual and uh, he sees it the way most of us should. Now, what I'd like to do is direct your attention to um, Nadine Ness, who is the creator and uh, leader of uh, the grassroots, grassroots movement in Saskatchewan. She has a message for basically all the politicians and premiers uh, pushing mandates up, up in Canada. I'm Nadine Ness. I'm a retired RCMP officer, a mother of three, a wife of a doctor, and president of Unified Grassroots. Unified Grassroots is a not-for-profit organization that's come together in the last few months to bring unity and spread love throughout the communities in Saskatchewan. It's more important now than ever, especially during the holidays, that we work on bringing people together and, and fighting against the division and hate that's spreading across the province and across the country. One of the messages that we've been spreading throughout the province is this fight against this narrative that's being spread through the media, as well as government officials, that you should be excluding the unvaccinated during the holidays. It's a message that's very divisive and full of hate and not love and not bringing people together. So one of our mission, I guess, is to, to fight that misconception that you're somehow in more danger if you, you come together with your family, whether they're vaccinated or not. I think it's clear that we know now that the virus can spread whether you're fully vaccinated or not. We're seeing those numbers in Ontario, we're seeing them in BC, we're even seeing them in Saskatchewan. Is it justified? Is excluding your loved ones really justified? It's clear that the message that we've been sending out is really starting to get to people. You're seeing a different direction within the provincial government as well. You're starting to see it also with federal MPs starting to speak out, which is a good direction. That's the direction we want to go. Now we ask ourselves, what's the next step? Where is the line that Canadians feel will be too far gone? Where's your line? Is it the vaccine passport? Is it the mask? Is it the unlimited boosters that might become mandated at one point? Where is the line where you say enough is enough? Where is the line that where you start standing up for what's not right? Are you okay with the direction the province, the country is going? Are you okay with people being segregated with a two-tier society? Are you okay with your neighbor, your friend, having to go to a restaurant and eating their takeout food, a box sitting in a car in the parking lot? Are you okay with families being completely divided across the border 
that can't even see each other, fathers, mothers who can't even see their children. Not everyone has the luxury of living in the same town, in the same community. Are you okay with families not seeing each other for years upon years? Like, where is your line? Where is it that you say, enough's enough? Christmas is supposed to be a time of joy and a time of, of fun and, and coming together. But for many Canadians, that's not the case. There are thousands upon thousands of people losing their jobs right now for a very personal medical decision that they've made. Since when has this ever been right in Canada? Does Canadians honestly believe that it's okay and fair that people lose their job because they, they don't want to take this vaccine? There seems to be this demonization of the unvaccinated and, and as to their reasons for not getting vaccinated. And we seem to, to dehumanize them and say, oh, they're just selfish. They don't care about anyone else. And that's not what I'm witnessing and hearing from stories out there in the public. Some of those stories are really heart-wrenching. I'll give you an example. There's this woman who her mother and her mother's brother had the vaccine and both had blood clots almost killing them. And it just so happens this lady has the same genetic disorder that her mother has. So when she thinks about taking the vaccine, she sees what happened to her mother and her uncle. Now, do you think it's fair that we should exclude her from society? She honestly fear she might die from taking this vaccine. When are we going to realize that the vaccine is not the solution we all hoped it would be? When are we going to realize that the information we were told wasn't what it actually is? They're talking about boosters now. They're talking about it only lasting three months. Are we ready to take boosters every three months? Are we ready to take the risk that comes with those boosters every three months? You're starting to notice that the tides are changing. People are not okay with what's happening right now. They're, they're starting to get tired. They're starting to get annoyed with some of the what's happening within the federal and provincial governments as well. Just a few years ago, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was willing to break ethical rules to save SNC-Lavalin Canadian jobs, yet just now, a few years later, he's willing to break ethical rules to destroy Canadian jobs. Not only Canadian jobs, but the rights and freedoms of Canadians. I have a message from members of Parliament across Canada. People in your communities are looking for you to lead. They're looking for you to have courage and start standing strong by your convictions and your values and morals. Staying silent is not the answer. That's not what the people in your community wants. You're starting to see more and more members of parliament speak up and it, it's encouraging and it, it gives us a little bit of hope, but there's many of you who still haven't. I know for a fact that many across Canada are not okay with the direction this country is going. They're not okay with what the Trudeau government is doing. Right now, before it gets worse, it's this time where you need to start standing up and speaking against what's happening. The longer you stay silent, the more tyrannical the Liberal government is getting. Canadians deserve better than that. It's become obvious that this isn't about safety. It's about government control 
and punishing political opposition. What are you afraid of, Justin Trudeau? Are you afraid that your political opposition is going to get bigger? Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? The, the more restric restrictions you put on, the more tyrannical you get, the more Canadians grow to be against what you're wanting to accomplish. I think you've severely underestimated Canadians. People are starting to wake up. That's why our movement, Unified Grassroots, has grown up to 14,000 people. 4,000 of those just in the last few weeks. We're getting people reaching out to us from all across Canada. People are getting desperate. You have to realize, if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to create a group of society that have nothing to lose. That can be a very dangerous thing, to have nothing to lose. How far are you willing to take it, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? We're seeing more restrictions, lockdowns coming to Ontario and British Columbia. Are you going to be putting lockdowns, mandates, vaccine mandates across Canada? I know you tried to get the support of the, the premiers in all the province and you got some kickback, but are you gonna keep trying? What's the next step? When does this end? Do you realize we're coming on two years? Two years now of our country being destroyed, our Canadian way of life being destroyed? When does it end? When do we get back to being together in community? When do we get back to loving each other, coming together for Christmas or or even just within your communities. Is this something that's never gonna happen again? Like, are you guys okay with this never going back to the way it used to be? This is not who Canadians are. We are people who come together, people who are there for each other. Usually the holidays is one of the hardest time for mental health. It can be the happiest time for many, but also the hardest time for mental health. And you have more people struggling now than I've ever witnessed. I call on you Canadians to, to reach out to one another, to come together and, and to show each other compassion and love. And not this division and hate that we've seen spread across Canada in the last few months, years. That's not who we are. It's never been who we've been. And it's not too late to change the direction now. Unified Grassroots was created to do just that, to remind people of who they used to be and who they could be. If what I've said has touched you today and you agree with a lot of the things that I've said, I invite you to join us. You can find us on our website at unifiedgrassroots.com or on Facebook under Unified Grassroots. There are many of people that feel just the way you do. You might have felt alone, but the numbers are rising every single day. The thing is, we just don't know each other exists. I call on you to join us and to see that many in your communities are worried about the same thing you're worried about. Just know that you're not alone. Join us. 
and we can be a stronger voice together. So a very positive message from uh, Nadine Ness from Unified Grassroots. And if you guys are interested in joining the group, you can find them on Facebook, like she said, or, or on their website. So, you know, the more the, more the better. Um, a lot of these groups Canada-wide need more membership. So um, as a lot of you know, I'm, I'm, a member, I'm a member of groups all over the country. <laughs> and I like the message coming out of all of them, which is the same as what Nadine Ness was saying is um, we need to unify and our voice needs to be be one. The more the more we are, the better off we are. But there is um, basically almost a response to this by um, Rachel Thomas, who is an MP for Leftbridge, I believe, in Alberta. And we're going to focus on, uh, you know, basically what she, her message, <clears throat> which is also kind of focusing on the division that the, the vaccine mandates are creating. So let's turn it over to Rachel and uh, hear what she has to tell us. Over the last number of weeks, I've had the opportunity to meet with many people from the community of Lethbridge, and I've read um, hundreds of emails from constituents who have shared their accounts with me of losing their job, losing their jobs because they are not vaccinated, um, losing their opportunity to pursue education because they're not vaccinated, losing the chance to travel because of their choice to be um, unvaccinated. Ultimately, these people are sharing with me that they're losing their voice and their credibility. They're losing any sort of respect um, or appreciation within the community. Now, I know that it's tempting to look at these individuals as if they are the problem, as if they are the ones that are holding us back from being able to turn uh, or return to, to normal life. But I would plead with you that that's actually just not true. When we look at the numbers right now, especially with the new variant, we see that the number of people who are coming down with COVID and even being admitted into the hospital are actually the, the, the number of unvaxxed or the number of vaccinated, sorry, the number of fully vaccinated is actually greater than the number of those who are not vaccinated. Um, and so it's, it's just not the case that these are the individuals that are holding us back. And, and further to that, I would ask that we seek to understand. And so it's why I feel it is so necessary to share some of those stories with you today, because my heart is grieved at what I am seeing. I spoke with an LPN the other day who has 22 years of service under her belt. She cares deeply for her patients, but she has concerns regarding her personal health and her well-being, um, and good reason for not being vaccinated. I have talked with numerous nurses who have anywhere from 30 to 30 years of three to 30 years of experience in the field and who again have served selflessly but who have lost their jobs because they're not vaccinated. I've spoken with doctors and police officers and firefighters within our community. I have spoken with with postal workers and with teachers. One teacher has crippling anxiety because of the unknown effects of the vaccine and out of that, she's chosen not to. We used to take seriously people who struggled with anxiety or depression or grave amounts of fear. Uh, we used to take seriously, you know, mental health. Uh, for whatever reason, though, when it comes to being vaccinated or not vaccinated, we've allowed it to polarize us and we've allowed it to 
I, I would say, bring out the worst in humanity toward these individuals. We're, we're no longer willing to lean in and ask questions and understand. Instead, we just slap labels on these folks as if they are the ones to blame. I spoke with a business owner who had a heart attack when she was a teenager. Uh, her doctor would recommend that she's not vaccinated. However, she doesn't fit neatly the definition of the three reasons why an exemption would be granted, and so it hasn't been given to her. But if she was to be vaccinated, there's a good chance that she would lose her life because of underlying medical conditions. There are good reasons why people have not gone down that road, and I would, I would, I would plead with you to understand that, to show compassion. We have this long-standing practice within our country where we respect freedom and we respect personal choice. And for whatever reason, in the midst of this pandemic, we seem to have forgotten that. I guess I wonder what happened. I, I wonder why we're turning our backs on one another, why we're so quick to devour. I, I looked up the term demonization the other day. And uh, according to the Miriam Dictionary, it, it says this, it says to portray someone or something as evil or as worthy of contempt or blame. To portray someone or something as evil or as worthy of contempt or blame. That is precisely what is happening with this group of individuals. They are being demonized. They are being portrayed as evil, as if they are deserving of the contempt that we have for them as if they should be the ones that are blamed or used as the scapegoat for the fact that life isn't normal right now. In fact, it's become so acceptable to use vile speech or vitriol language toward these individuals. So much so that actually political leaders, including the Prime Minister himself, have encouraged that, have, have, have exemplified that. It's wrong. Those who are choosing not to be vaccinated, they're not trying to perpetuate the virus. They're not trying to purposely complicate life. They have good reasons. They aren't trying to be unreasonable. In fact, every single person that I have talked to has said, Rachel, I'm more than happy to be tested on a daily basis to make sure I'm not carrying the virus, to make sure that I'm, I'm not a public health risk. And what I find interesting is actually if they were tested, on a daily basis, they're actually safer than those who are vaccinated. Because we know, science shows, that even if you're fully vaccinated, you can still carry the virus and you can still transfer it to another individual. Whereas those that would be willing to have a daily rapid test would know definitively that they do not have the virus. And therefore, they actually are the safest individuals to enter into our police force, to enter into our, 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 our schools and our hospitals and our long-term care centers. So why are these individuals the bad guys? Why isn't it presented as an acceptable option that you would be able to opt for daily testing Canada, I'm going to plead with you. We're better than this. We are so much better than this. So when we say that we're in this together, let's mean it. Let's truly mean it. Let's be in it together. 
Let's defend the values and the principles, the beliefs that have always served us well. Freedom, personal choice. So to those of you who have been written off or mistreated, pushed out, humiliated, vilified, bullied, or abused, it's not okay. And I want to exercise my voice on your behalf. I'm standing with you. So there you have it. It's very nice to see. Let me turn that down. Probably just blew your ears off. Um, that last little clip was was quite quiet. Um, but it's nice to see uh, members of parliament starting to see what's going on. Excuse me. They're starting to see what's going on with, uh, you know, the, the segregation and the discrimination against people that are uh, just standing up for their own bodily autonomy. You know, you've got legitimate rights and politicians, of course, are only going to focus on the people that have uh, legitimate reasons or not that any reason isn't legitimate. But, uh, you know, like uh, like she had mentioned, uh, genetic genetic uh, health issues um, with the one girl. And, and, you know, she watched her her mother and her uncle uh, both go down. Uh, there's a lot of us that, that kind of have similar, similar concerns. My mother is one of them. She had blood clotting issues after, after two shots. Um, you know, it's not just that though. It really comes down to everybody has the right to choose what is injected into their body. It's that simple. And we need to get that into the politicians' minds. Um, or, <laughs> or we burn the whole system down completely. <laughs> uh, from the comments from Justin Trudeau earlier, there's a people a lot crazier than you and me, my friends, that I can guarantee are starting to think very bad thoughts about Justin Trudeau. <laughs> and you know what? You almost got to wonder if the globalists are setting him up for that. Because they would love nothing more than for someone to take his toque off and then come after the rest of our guns. Anyway, my friends, <clears throat> with all this being said, the, the theme and the message of this show, being it's the pre-Christmas show, is I would, I would really like to focus on getting Canadians back together, no matter of their vaccine status, remembering that we are still Canadian underneath it all, and we still do ho hold core values um, <clears throat> of, we, we really are uh, good people, the bulk majority of us. And we, we respect our neighbors and we treat most people, we treat everybody with respect and dignity. Um, that These are core Canadian values. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter your sexual orientation or your religion. We've always been um, kind and welcoming to everybody that comes to Canada. Legally. I'm going to throw that in there. <laughs> All of us are products of immigrants. Everybody in Canada. Everybody. So it's just the vac, the whole vaccine rhetoric has, has actually successfully driven a, a wedge in between people that normally would stand on the same side of the fence. Political ideologies now ha have been split. Um, it's, it's just, it's crazy what's happening. So for, I, you know, to, to echo both ladies that we listen to, I would just like to see some unity through Christmas. I'd like to, uh, for most people, just, you know, as much as possible to forget uh, what's what we've been subjected to 
um, throughout the whole year and try and enjoy your Christmas with your friends and family. And if your premier is telling you that you cannot gather with your friends and family, <laughs> there's a lot of things I could say there, but I could get myself in trouble. But I, I, all I'll say is enjoy your Christmas. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Anyway, my friends, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you for tuning in all year. Um, <clears throat> I hope you have a great holiday uh, for those of you that get get some holidays. Uh, the show, there won't be another show this week because it's the 22nd, so I'm going to enjoy the rest of the week uh, with friends and family. And uh, But we will be back on the air next week before New Year's, so <clears throat> probably a couple shows coming your way next week. So with that being said, that's where this show is going to be ended. So if you want to reach out to me, it's Canadian Patriot Radio on Facebook. Uh, the message button, use that. It comes directly to me. Um, if you prefer email, it's CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. And if you care to join an ongoing conversation, um, the Telegram room is always active. There's always good stuff being put up there. And like I've said in the past, my friends, don't just limit uh, your posts in the Telegram room to... to uh, just the everyday things that we're discussing. I want that one to be open. I want there to be aliens and Bigfoot posts and everything in the Telegram room. I want that conversation to be as broad as absolutely possible. <laughs> and if none of those are the way you want to go, well then look up the website. It's CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Um, every show gets put up there. So the, the latest, and, latest and greatest show is always on the website. Um, so feel free to visit that as well. Um, until next time, my friends, apps have an absolute Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And until next time, in all thy sons, command. for joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.